On The Baselines.com podcast, coming to you from Vero Beach, Florida, and Marion, Massachusetts. Hosted by Ed Chenefee, this is the podcast that researches and investigates the club management and facility side of our business. Angela Wilson became a manager of a tennis club at the age of 25. And since that day, she's always struggled with the question of how best to please her members, clients, and customers. She loves being on court and coaching, but understands that being a club manager is just so much more than teaching and being on court. Hi there, and welcome to the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast. I'm Ed Shanafee, your host, and it's a pleasure each week to bring you the news and the views from our private club industry. Just do your job, do it well, and something might happen good out of it. Angela's work ethic has resulted in her family owning one of the biggest indoor facilities in Ohio, and she being the general manager. They bought the Western Athletic Club in 2004, and in that time have touched every surface, updated every software, and hired and fired both desk and teaching staff. Angela does see a path to monetizing pickleball, and has converted two tennis courts within her indoor facility into six pickleball courts. In the bigger picture, she interestingly sees pickleball following the path that tennis followed in the 1970s. Asked what members might not understand about her role, Angela says, probably how hard it is, because if she's good at her job, she says, my members should never know how hard I work. But before we bring this industry leader on the podcast, I'd like to remind all our thousands of listeners just what it is we do here at BeyondTheBaselines.com. We are a team of full-service consultants that work with club boards and club managers to better the programming, business practices, and mentor the staff to bring your club or your facility to a best-in-class level. Working closely with so many clubs dotted across the nation and even internationally, we have the knowledge and the experience to help your club in so many ways. So if your club needs some financial advice or help, or your programming needs a new twist, an update, or just a tweak, why not give us a call on 508-538-1288 or drop me an email at beyondthebaselines at gmail.com. You can DM me personally on Instagram at Consultant or join our Facebook page at Beyond the Baselines. We look forward to hearing from you. But now, from Cincinnati, Ohio, and never forgetting her West Virginian roots, the general manager of the Western Athletic Club, here's Angela. So now on the line today, we have Angela Wilson. She's the general manager of the Western Athletic Club. Um, her family is the owner of the club. I'll, take her, I'll let her take you through that story. But uh, thanks for being on the podcast, Angela, and welcome here. Um, thanks for having me, Ed. I'm 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 excited to chat with you today. Yeah. So take us through uh, how you you've been 17 years at, at Western Athletic. Tell us how you've uh, how you've seen yourself grow in that position, and how and how your family came to be at Western Athletic. How did this all happen? Oh gosh, Ed. Um, it goes back to the mid 70s, actually, when a, a tennis boom was happening, and my parents were in their early 30s. We lived in a small town in West Virginia, and they gave each other tennis rackets and uh, started playing tennis with their friends um, on public courts. Um, the kids would be hanging around. There was a playground, and when the parents were finished playing, the kids could uh, could jump in and hit tennis balls. Um, um, and, uh, my dad, um, and mom like, well, if we're going to do this, let's get some lessons. So we drove to Charleston, West Virginia once a week 
and my mom had a half hour lesson and I had a half hour lesson. That's kind of how it started. Um, yeah. And the next thing you know, you're meeting people and now you're on this tennis journey. Um, and then nationally, my mom was a USTA chair of membership at one point and then chair of constitution and rules, Bobby Farley. Uh, my dad got involved then the same kind of way. And then actually then later was involved in the tennis and volunteering in the International Tennis Hall of Fame. So my sister, I played college tennis, my sister played college tennis. So I was fortunate enough and um, along the way to have really good coaches. I don't know, I just feel really blessed that I had coaches that were in the game of coaching. Like they coached I still, some of them are still coaching tennis. So they were not like in and out of, you know, teaching tennis. I was kind of wanted to be in education, but Indiana has a great business school, sort of went that way. And I figured I didn't really know what I wanted to be, but I figured I could have a good background in business and that would help for whatever I ended up doing. And so I did accounting for a couple of years in public accounting and then moved and got lucky enough to land a job um, teaching tennis. And then the manager left. And so they threw me into being a manager and I was 25 years old. So um, manager here at this club or not somewhere at this else? Club. No, over at, at Indiana, actually in Bloomington, Indiana, um, they were looking for a person to run um, their club. It was a, it's on campus but it's run through IU rec department, but it's also a public facility. So I worked there for a couple of years, ended up coming back to Cincinnati, ran a, a little club that was a sister club of Queen City Racquet Club. So Cincinnati is home. My, I, like I said, I kind of grew up in West Virginia. My family's from West Virginia, but we moved to Cincinnati when I was 14. Let me ask you a question about sure. your, your background there. So you played college tennis, but you also got an accounting degree. I bet you still use the accounting degree as general manager. Oh, 100%. And I, I, I can, I can look at financial statements. I can, I can sit, I, I can sit in the room when it, as a small business person um, and understand uh, a P&L statement, a balance sheet and those types of things that those types of pieces of the business that, a lot of tennis people, I think, that get into the other side of tennis haven't seen as much before, I think. Because I know that that, that is a, a concern sometimes um, when, you, when you move from the teaching side to the manager side. So, yeah, I have that background. So it, it has helped tre tremendously to be able to have. Now, lots, lots of things change, you know, rules and regulations and accounting you know, principles and tax laws and that kind of stuff change, but at least I have, I can ask the questions um, and have some semblance of, of, of what's going on. Um, and, but we still use experts too. You know, I still have a person that does our taxes and we still still send payroll to an outside payroll company to, you know, help us do our payroll, but I, I, I understand it. So yeah. the CPA stuff is never going to go away. You, you started out, so when you were 25, you became a manager of a club. Yeah, I did. And it, and, and it, and again, it, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. I was really just teaching and, and, uh, you know, I, I'm a big believer, just do your job, what you're supposed to be doing and try to do it well. And then something might happen good in the, in the midst of all of that. So in the midst of all of that, the manager left at, at IU and, uh, 
the director of recreation recreational sports said hey why don't you why don't you do this and um so i did and uh and and it, and it catapulted me into the the job when i the sister club of queen sea racket club we moved, we moved back to cincinnati and and i was able to do that and then after that i started having kids i was married i had four babies in 10 years in the midst of all of that too i was an assistant coach for the world university games bobby bayless the notre dame coach was the head coach we moved back to Cincinnati. I started teaching again, like full time. And then the opportunity in 2004 came about to, to purchase the club here. I'd like to welcome our first sponsor here at beyondthebaselines.com podcast. And that's Play by Court, playbycourt.com. Choosing the right technology partner is not an easy task. However, staying with the same outdated provider can be a costly decision. And with today's fast changing environment, while well, you need a partner, that will help you adapt to the ever-growing needs of your members. At Play by Court, well, they provide the best technology solution customized for your club. With their app, your members can easily manage their profile, they, they can book courts, programs, lessons, they can pay. I asked Andre, show me the payment solutions, it's fantastic. And your members can communicate directly with members and you, the staff. So please go have a look at playbycourt.com and see what really matters most to your members. Your club, your rules, your software. Playbycourt.com. And when you purchased the club, what what has been for you since that time, 2004, what have been, like, say, the biggest surprises you found uh, as, as an owner and club manager? What, what didn't you expect uh, prior to? I didn't to know. It, right. I didn't. You know, well, it's a, it's a small family business. So this is not going and working for a corporately owned club or a country club. All right. That has um, a lot of the support systems on the back end. So this is this is truly small business. And so I have to know about HVAC systems. <laughs> I have to know. Especially this about, time of COVID, yes. Right. I have to know about roofing and I have to know about electrical and building stuff and resurfacing and marketing and sales and PLs and teaching and leadership and teamwork and front desk and software, implementing a new software and a check-in system. I mean, there's just so many parts of it that it is tricky, really, to be able to do it because you have to know you have to know many know so much. You know how to how to fill out the PPP um, yep. you know, loan application to get PPP money and grants and. Um, there's just a lot, you know, it's not just, you know, teaching, which I love to do. Actually, my, I, I love, I love teaching. I love, I just got off the court teaching. I love teaching all ages, little kids to adults and beginners to. So, so you're still teaching. I still teach part-time. So, yeah. so in your, in your, in your week, uh, how, yeah, part-time. So how many hours do you think you teach a, I, a week? I'm just doing payroll. I teach about 10 to 15 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And and let me ask you about the the court software. I, I find that one of the biggest, you know, changes. It's almost like moving. It's like an an evil necessity of a tennis club is changing softwares. You have to change the database, you have to move the database over, you have to reacquaint your members and your users with new passwords and new usernames. What are you doing for that? How are you approaching that and what kind of software are you using? We use 
using a company by the name of Court Reserve. We didn't need as many of the bells and whistles and, and um, I think that club automation needed. So at the time, and, and, and I'm still navigating all of it, but I, I don't have a tech person on site. <laughs> and I um, we've, we've been implementing it slowly. And my front desk staff is awesome, but they're in an older generation too. So when you implement a software, it's not just your members, it's your back end and your front desk who are the front line of your customers when they your members when they walk in the door and they need to be you know it needs to be user friendly for them too and the training for that um, um, can be tricky so we have been slowly implementing sort of stages of the software as um, and there it's a robust software but we haven't used it all I guess is my uh, we've slowly right now allowing um, getting so that members can sign up for drop-in classes like a cardio tennis or a inner club a practice or um, a, a, a drop-in beginner class. Um, they can sign up online for that, getting a password like you were talking about and doing that. We're, we're very close to having members be able to sign up for a court um to and that's probably within the month and that's not on court reserve that's really on us because we just are we're we sort of slow to do this just because it it i don't have the manpower necessarily to do all that at one time and plus i need to know it on the back end too i have to know it you make a great point in that you have to understand um that the front desk has to be able to do it and yes, that's and, huge. I mean, we yeah. had paper court sheets. We had paper court sheets, you know, where you had a green pen for, you know, a junior clinic and a black pen for a seasonal and a red pen. <laughs> now, now, unfortunately, unfortunately, it turns out that you end up having to teach the front end staff how to use the software usually. Isn't that how it works? Yes, it is. It is. And um, I have... Um, so yeah, I have to I have to know how I have to know how to do it. I about three years ago, I decided I want to go back to school. I got my master's in organizational leadership, Mount St. Joe University. And in my one of my classes, it was about change, organizational change. I was sat there and I'm like, I need help. <laughs> I need a coach. The coach, the coach needs a coach. So um, right. Cash has been a mentor and helped us here too. We've used him as a consultant um, for the last couple of years. And one, two of the couple of things that Doug has done has um, given me the courage to hire more people and that I can still pay them and the club won't close. <laughs> um, so I hired a director <laughs> of tennis and I hired a sales and marketing person to help. And um, so I have a couple younger people here that also have some knowledge with some of that. So that as a team now, it's not just Angela. My parents are getting older too. It was really my mom and I doing most of the work here initially anyway. And then um, um, I've I, I brought in some different people to help kind of us um, as a team um, grow the club. It, it's right. It's almost always a catch 22, whether you hire first or if you wait to hire and, and it's too long, you know, you, you, you have to have the staff there to get new members and make the, make the place work. But sometimes it, it, it's like a catch 22 because you could hire those members of staff and not have it grow. And you, then you're in, right. then you're in trouble, but yeah, but you exactly. know, it's, it's, it's growing. 
it takes a, it's a leap of faith really you know and 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 our our tennis has grown um because of that you you know they say it you need more spokes on the in the wheel to make the the, the wheel go round and round and 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 and, and that's I, I truly believe that so i had been juggling all of these things and the club needed me more and my family needed me more and my um uc was going great, almost too good. You know, it grew to a, you know, now, I don't know, now they're going to the Pac-12. So they were um, in, you know, a smaller conference, Big East, AAC, and now, you know, they, they keep getting better and better. And Angela couldn't do what Angela needed to do to keep up with that growth that was happening there. And so I chose to leave that position to focus on my family and the, and the family business. So, um, but it gave me great, it gave me great insight into that, you know, into that other part of tennis world. Um, and I learned a lot. I had not coached, I played college tennis, but I had not been a assistant coach or had any idea of recruiting or anything. So I learned a ton and I uh, learned how a, a, a athletic department really runs like a corporation. So let, um, let me ask you about your relationship with, you said you, you, recently you've hired a director of tennis. Right, and right. Um, how, how does that, how, how does that person report to you structurally? And, and how do you deal yeah. with that person on a day-to-day -day basis? I say the good, I, I'm, I'm, it's a good news, bad news scenario with me being the general manager and a tennis person. I'm a tennis person. So that's a good news. I got your back. and know a lot, but that's also the bad news because I'm a tennis person. I know a lot too. So yes, that person reports to me. Um, and, um, um, we work together on trying to, you know, putting together programming, um, membership engage and membership engagement because our club is not just tennis only. We also have fitness, and we actually just will be launching um, six dedicated pickleball courts too in a couple of weeks. Um, we'll be opening those six courts. So there's a lot, you know. There's always change and going on, but yeah, he and I work together on the programming piece on what we're teaching, training, um, progressions, those types of things because I that kind of stuff is near and dear to my heart and really what I was doing before it's now. So as a tennis person, I probably lean more that direction in our business a little bit um, more so than the other. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me, I, I try, I, I still spend a lot of time on the fitness area, but as a tennis person, I, and I'm trying right. to do more of the other, cause now I'm bringing in another, I'm launching, you know, we are launching a new product basically. And that product is pickleball. So now I'm, we're learning again, what, what that look, what that product line looks like too. So now, um, let me, so with the pickleball, is that indoors, outdoors, how, how many? It's indoors. So it's in your facility. Our, how many outdoor yes. courts do you have? We don't have any outdoor. We are, we, had, we had, we have now seven indoor tennis courts and we'll have we have six indoor pickleball courts i we took five we had nine indoor courts and we took two away and turned them into six pickleball courts so we'll have the only dedicated um pickleball courts in the area yeah and it's another offering so obviously your membership gets bigger because you have another sport but how do you see monetizing the pickleball for pros do you think it'll be as uh, monetarily uh 
rewarding for the pros, the pickleball, or is that going to probably stay rewarding for tennis? How, how do you see that happening? As I said, I'm, I'm learning about a, a new product here and as pickleball as a product. I, I do see where I, I have no idea about the monetary piece as far as the, the pros and pickleball. I, I see I have a, friends of mine because I'm 50, I will be 57. So there's that pro seniors 50 and over that is very robust. And um, they on that APP tour and I, and I, I, I there was a, a tour spot here in Cincinnati um, back in April or May. And I went and watched and actually ran into a whole bunch of my friends that played junior tennis with. Um, and they're competing at a, at a pretty high level. And there's, there's some money at these tournaments. And I, I never really thought about what that looks like on the, the Margaritaville, Jimmy Buffett, you know, big tournament that they have down in Naples of what that looks like. But they seem to be going almost down the same path that tennis went down in the seventies. And that goes back to when my parents gave each other tennis rackets and learned to play tennis and at a public park and pickleball has sort of started like that. And it's growing to a place. So like now in tennis, we have NTRP, right. With, with levels, um, right. pickleball yep. used to be like UTR. play. everybody just showed up and you rotate around and tennis was like that in the seventies. Everyone just showed up public park and you just rotate around. Well, then people got to be like, well, I just want people to play with my friends or I want to play at a certain level. And so it's starting to segment a little bit as far as levels go. And for us in the Midwest, um, uh, I think pickleball people, I think get a bad rap sometimes that they don't want to pay. I don't know if you've heard that, but I hear that people, pickleball people don't want to pay for court time. Well, I think they do. I think they're maturing. Their sport is maturing where they do want to do that. Um, and, uh, and they, and they want to play with their friends and they want to play a good game of pickleball with the level that of the level that they are playing at. And so, um, um, I think that there, you're seeing sort of pickleball take on another sort of um, realm, sort of like tennis did in the 80s, kind of. And in the 70s here is where all the indoor clubs were built in the 70s. We have, we have 12 indoor courts, uh, indoor clubs here in Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky, and um, probably seven of them were built in the 70s, and this being one of them. Um, so um pickleball wow. is probably and and you know going to be growing into the indoor area um into the club area um and uh, we think so at least and people that i talk to think it is as well so we're keeping our fingers crossed you've made a couple of points there that i haven't heard and and i know you're looking at pickleball closely because you've given a couple of your you know pristine tennis courts away for pickleball but the fact that a it's 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 becoming more um, divided by level of play. I, I hadn't heard that. So that that's really good to know. And secondly, is that you think that they will pay for in, indoor court time? Um, because I think down here in Florida, where I'm based in Florida, it's all outdoors. And, and a lot of, uh, as you said, it's, it's people showing up at the public parks and just, you know, waiting to get on the, on the court and get a game. So you're, you're probably right. And, and your analogy to tennis in the seventies is, is fantastic because I had not thought of that. And that's a, a really interesting analogy. And you look where tennis has gone over the last 30, 30 to 40 years, maybe pickleball will, will follow suit in 30 years. I, I, I think so. And I think it brings new people. I mean, I'm in the, I'm in the wellness business, quite frankly, I'm not, I'm in a, I want people to keep moving 
Um, I want to, my, my big why is that I'm, you know, 56 years old and at 86, I want to be moving and doing stuff with my grandchildren or great grandchildren. And so I want to be moving. We want to, we want to provide a place here where people can move and in community and have fun. And if it's tennis, we have a fitness, we have a fitness um, component to our club, as I mentioned, group fitness, a fitness center, and we're adding a racket sport that is kind of like ping pong on a tennis court. It's probably easier to learn in a lot of respects than, than tennis is um, and multi-generational and people can move and have fun and uh, beside people that are playing playing tennis and, uh, and I can play pickleball. So for instance, the college coach, that UC college coach who took my, who took my spot at UC recently reached out to me he's a really good pickleball player too <laughs> he said Angela we want to do a tennis a pickleball um, fundraiser for UC women's tennis I'm like can we host it at, the, at on your new pickleball courts I'm like heck yeah that'd be great you know That's and fantastic. so yeah and so here you have a tennis person who's also a pickleball person I mean he's a head coach at University of Cincinnati and um, he's one of the top pickleball players in Cincinnati. He also plays paddle. He's really good at that. And he's still a really good tennis player. So um, I think there's space for people to do all these sports and just have fun. That's what we want. We want people to have fun and move. And, and my job hey, is to provide a place and a good experience and a, a pretty place when they walk in and people that say hi to them and that they can do that. And I think people will pay for that. And speaking of that, as a model and as a GM, how do you avoid, you, you wear a lot of hats. You, you, you already said you, you, know, you look at the accounts, you've got an accounting background, you, you, you have to worry about the HVAC and the roof. And how do you avoid getting bogged down with member issues? You know how much time those members can take of your time. Uh, how do you avoid, you know, how do you keep the blinders on and not get pulled down the rabbit hole of, of member issues? It's, it's hard, but I think... From the very beginning, people know we care. Um, and I make a point to try, I, I don't hide in my office, you know, I mean, I teach tennis and that's, I think that's one of the ways to stay relevant with the members too. And, and I walk around in the fitness center and I, I, I do a class, I do a spinning class every once, you know, and, and, and they see like, that we, we try, <laughs> we're not always perfect, but we try right. to make this a really nice place. And we, we ask, you know, I saw a lady walking like, you know, Michelle, how's your back feeling? And she was going on the court. Cause two weeks ago, she said, you know, her back was really bothering. She had to cut stuff off the court. I think, you know, she says, thanks for asking. You know, I think, you know, again, things come up at the same moment, 10 minutes prior to that, someone said, these courts are pretty dirty. <laughs> Like, I know I was out of town. I was out of town. Um, we just got them resurfaced that, you know, we haven't quite got our court cleaning schedule, you know, like it needed needs to be. And, and it rained here on Saturday. I was out of town and a lot, it was real busy. They don't really care on my reasoning, you know, but to them, the court's dirty. So, um, yeah, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'll get on it. I'm sorry. You'll be fine. That little ball fuzz isn't going to make you trip, you know, or something. So, and so we, we keep making, so, we keep making improvements around here. You know, we don't just sit here and, and let the place, you know, grow around us. You know, during COVID we 
painted every place we could, you know, paint while we were closed. We put new flooring down. We redid the lobby bar area and we just resurfaced the courts. I redid the parking lot. So, I mean, we are, they, they see that this is not a place where we just hide and hope that you have a good time and like it here. I think as a business person in any business that you're at, you have to invest in, in your business. Um, and so when people see that, I don't have as many member issues as I used to have. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I coach juniors and, you know, they're texting me like, you know, when do I, you know, she's playing blah, blah, blah tournament. And, you know, and, and I enjoy oh, yeah. doing that, too, but I, I enjoy my job. I enjoy the member engagement. If How many, how many members or and or players do you have there like how busy we, probably you have, we have about 700 tennis players so, and we i only have three full-time pros so i don't have a lot okay um and i i have about three part-time pros too again i go back to my i want to make sure you can you know feed your family type of thing and you know when you hire full-time what's that look like and but we're we're at a place where we need another full-time pro their issue in and of itself too well, we know that there's not a lot of pros out there so. right now there aren't and and, and yeah. this is a question i'm facing because i'm i'm actually managing a a club that has indoor facilities and it's it's an interesting question i'm going to ask you because it's one that I've found is a conundrum for me. Outdoor season, no court charges. You know, courts are completely free for members. You pay a, an initiation fee to join, and then you have a yearly annual dues. But on the indoor side, there's a heavy court fee. And I'm not used to that, having worked outside most of my life, living in Florida now. Um, but people seem to be willing to pay for indoors. Now, I say that, but they also have a squash facility. And the squash players are not willing to play for the court time. And yet squash is indoors year round. And that's what their point is. Their point is, well, we can't play squash outdoors, so you can't charge us for the indoor. And I said, well, you know, how do I go to a member and, 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 and try to equalize that in, in, in a certain way? How, how would you do that? And I'm sure you've, you've come across this before. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's similar here we have um, in the Midwest in Cincinnati, we have a, and I mentioned paddle earlier, paddle, or I don't know if you call it platform tennis, but platform tennis. Yep. Yeah, paddle is played outside in the wintertime. And um, it's very um, popular, particularly in um, the sort of country club areas or swim clubs type of deal. Um, they have a few paddle courts. And, uh, and those are included in their dues and they don't pay for those courts and blah, blah, blah. So there have been a couple of tennis clubs here. We did not do it, but a few that have tried paddle, built paddle, and then they took them down <laughs> because people didn't want to pay for it, you know? And they, they were also competing with sort of the tennis people were also playing paddle too. I don't know. So I, I you know, the, the, our court costs for pickleball, we are, we took two courts and made them six courts. So we're not going to charge the same amount that we on a pickleball court that we're, we charge for a tennis court. We reduce that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do that to people, you know, like they can say, well, court, well, I'm taking two spaces and turning them into six spaces. So we're making it pretty inexpensive. Yeah. 
I try to I tell I I try to make it so that this is like Club Med, not really, but like when you go and you pay a membership, <laughs> you pay a membership or you go on a vacation. I've not done this. I I want to do this, but you go and it's everything's included, and everybody gets it. But if you wanted to do the jet ski, you have to pay extra for it. Or if you wanted to go scuba diving, you have to. There's right. an additional fee. And our clubs like that too, because people have come to me and said, well, I just do fitness. I just want to pay a fitness membership or I just do tennis. Why do I have to pay for the fitness? I just do tennis or I just want to be a pickleball membership. I'm like, it doesn't, we, I don't want to go down that hole really. I I don't want to have 30 different membership types. And um, so we have one membership and you get fitness is included in all your stuff. You, you don't have to pay for the fitness center, your fitness group, fitness classes, you have to pay for tennis and you'll have to pay some for pickleball. We also have an outdoor pool, which I didn't mention that also brings another element to like the whole thing in the summer. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a, yep. that's a tricky one. You, do you, have you run an out, have you managed an outdoor pool before? I am at the moment, a lot more liability than you think and uh, lifeguarding <laughs> and, and uh, making sure it's locked at night and uh, pool furniture. Yes. It's whole other world. So, and so we have a pool add on for that, or we sell the pool only, but they can't come indoors. So that's, that's, I, I as far as, you know, squash, I mean, I mean, I, it just has to be your membership philosophy, I guess, as to what you decide it is. And if they want to play there, they pay, or if they don't, then they don't. I don't know. You make it, you try to make it really nice and convenient and place community where they want to do that. And and if they don't, right. I, you can't get caught up in what, what, what they're going to do. Like people are like, well, they'll go to the Y and play pickleball. You're going to, tr- you're charging a lot more than they're playing. They're going to charge at the Y. I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not the Y and, and they play on a basketball court at the Y <laughs> with like, you know, it, it's not, it's, I'm not competing with the Y. I'm, that's not who we are. We have, I, I love the Y and they have, the, they serve whatever, whoever they serve, but that's not what we're, you know, what we're doing. So, yep. Um, so, yep. You, yeah. you got to know your marketplace. Now, when you're dealing with members like this, um, one of my final questions here is, do you think uh, is the number one thing, or maybe not the number one thing, but what do you think members misunderstand about what you do the most? What What do you think they just don't get? I, I, I'm not sure sometimes they get how hard a business it is. <laughs> I'm like, for us as a family business, again, it's not a country club and it, I don't, I, I, our dues are like a family is, you know, $93 plus tax and an individual is six. Like we don't charge like in the whole scheme of things for what I believe we offer. We don't charge a lot. And Cincinnati's kind of put that on themselves, ourselves a little bit, but our profit margins are not that great. And so we have to be, have to be really mindful and watch, you know, what we spend on, on electricity and, you know, when I decide to turn off the air conditioning and use the ceiling fan because it's 50 degrees at night, so I can bring the cool air in. And then, you know, I don't have to use air conditioning. And people are like, why aren't the why aren't the, why aren't the flags moving on the vents? You know, I'm like, because air conditioning, just like your house, the air conditioning's not on. You know, um, this is like a, just a really big right. house. And so, I don't think they. I, I it, it's just a really hard. It's a hard business. It's a hard business. And so we have to work really hard at it. I mean, we're not in a, a, 
necessarily a demographic where people are just knocking down our doors and we 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 still need more members we still need more tennis players and we we you know so we have to work hard once we get people we usually keep them our retention is really good yeah i, I think that the, i don't know if people understand how hard it is i don't think they because they they have fun here and maybe i don't want them to know how now i'm thinking about it i want them to know how hard it is too because again well, their their experience is their experience here is what is most important so that they have fun and exercise and have friends and people that say hi to them and say we're like the cheers of the of the you know of fitness and tennis you know everybody knows your name at the bar you know so you know that that is so maybe i don't need to have them to know how, how hard it is but that's probably one of the things they don't know yeah how hard it is and where do you see yourself in five years? You know, this is a tough question. I asked this of the interview on the podcast, but I also ask it of people who are looking for a job. Where do you, where do you think you're going to be in five years? What, what, what's down your road? I I'm, I'm, I'm either going to be here or I'm not going to be here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, um, I, I love, I love. Well, it's a family owned business. So it's very difficult to extricate yourself. Right. I mean, my, my, uh, my daughter, my sister, my sister has, uh, my niece and nephew are, are younger than my kids. My kids are all in their twenties. Her, her kids are teenagers. And then probably about five or six years ago, they were visiting and my niece asked my mom, can auntie be fired? <laughs> Unless we ever decide to sell the business, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. That's for sure. I love what I do. My family loves, you know, what they do. Again, we wouldn't be in this business if we didn't love tennis and love people. Um, and I mean, the, 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 we have, we have renovated and touched almost every single spot in this over 80,000 square foot building. So I, I don't, unless we sold the club, I don't see where I'm going anywhere, really. Well, uh, makes it for some long days, but I, I really love what I do. Well, it's been great to hear what you do, and, and thanks for joining the podcast, and good luck out there in Cincinnati, and, and have a great you. winter yeah. season. Thank you, and, and, and it was great that Jennifer referred us to, together. So I, I did listen to your podcast with Doug Cash, actually. I'd forgotten about that. So um, Spirit, thanks for what you do, too. All right? Thank you. Thank you so much for listening this week. We really appreciate it. I just want to let everyone know that our introductory music is by Ed Shanaki Sr. and his amazing trio. And all the chapter breaks is original music by my daughter, Olivia Shanafi. We hope to hear more from them as we continue this podcast through 2021. And we hope to see more of you as well. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast. It's a pleasure bringing you each week's news and views great guests from our tennis, fitness, and country club industries. You can always reach the team here at beyondthebaselines at gmail.com or on the phone at 508-538-1288. Please do visit our website at www.beyondthebaselines.com, which is updated regularly with even more information for you, your club, or your facility. See you again soon.